0: Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A W E D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you're going to hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd A F. Because I believe that the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Hallie. How are you doing? What's going on? It's been kind of crazy busy in our home. We've been traveling a lot, going to see our middle son play a ball, but loving it. So doing lots and lots of travel and lots of reading as much as I possibly can as I travel and go back and forth. And I have been wanting to talk about this for a little while now, as I'm reading this book, I just feel like it's another layer of health that we can get into and talk about. So what I'm reading about a ton right now is this book called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace, and it's spelled M-Y-S-S. And it's really made me start to think about next level with my physical and mental health. I mean, I've I've been working on my mental health lately because of just trying to let go of some things from my past, past hurts, past traumas, my own crappy behavior that I want to change for the future. All of that stuff has impacted my mental health. And like there's a lot of, you know, beliefs, limiting beliefs I've had to get past and still working on. Of course, it seems like it's kind of a never ending process. But I was thinking about like, how has all of that impacted my physical health? in my curiosity about, you know, I'm watching people my age I'm 50, I'm almost 51. I'm watching people my age being diagnosed with cancer, passing away from cancer, having, you know, debilitating illnesses. So what this led me to is this book. I came across this episode on YouTube. Um, I subscribed to Oprah's super soul Sunday. And a lot of these episodes are actually like old. They're just being published on YouTube now. And I came across her talk with Carolyn Mace and I decided to do a deep dive into Carolyn and kind of who she is and what she's all about. And I decided I want to get one of her books because there's some things she was talking about that really stuck with me. And so I went to the, my local bookstore and I found this book, The Anatomy of the Spirit. The subtitle is The Seven Stages of Power and Healing. So that called me, she's got, I think, got like 10 books. So this is just one of 10. Uh, and this is the one that called to me. So let me just give you a quick synopsis of what Carolyn does and what's gotten her to where she's at now. Uh, she is a medical intuitive, which means that she uses her intuitive abilities to help people understand the emotional, psychological, and spiritual energy that's at the root of their illnesses, their disease, their life crisis, whatever. And she can also sense the type of illness that's developing often before the individual is aware of having the illness at all. Like she could sit with somebody and there may be cancer cells growing in their ovaries. And she says, you might want to go get your ovaries tested, go to get some testing done to see what's going on with your ovaries, that kind of stuff. And then ding, 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 test results come back. There's some stuff going on and it's been proven. So she's got an interesting backstory. There's actually the beginning chapters of the book talk about the introduction of the book talks about how this skill or this awareness of the skill has come about for her and kind of where she's gone from there. But super interesting to hear her story. I look up to people that have that kind of conviction about what they do, who they are, and that kind of confidence. I'm not saying I'm gonna follow someone blindly because they have that, but um a lot of the things she's saying have kind of resonated with me and they're piquing my curiosity and making me want to dive deeper. And some things are kind of really starting to awaken some ideas and thoughts about how I'm living my life and maybe where I can do some things differently and better. And what's talked about basically in this book is our energy, our life force and how the health of our energy really is kind of everything. And so what is energy? Okay, so here's the definition of energy from the book. Quote, your physical body is surrounded by an energy field that extends as far out as your outstretched arms and the full length of your body. We are constantly in communication with everything around us through this system, which is a kind of conscious electricity that transmits and receives messages to and from other people's bodies. End quote. So what does that mean? So how does this help us? So we're going to dive into this a little bit. And I think this the whole point of this is to really look at our body and our spirit in a new way through the lens of like our energy flow. What our energy levels are like? Like what kind of energy do we have? What's holding us back? What's blocking it? Is it strong? Is it weak? You know, things like that. And I think this is kind of a fascinating area to examine because it's not something that you talk about with your doctor. It's not something you go and talk about with your friends. Like you talk about your physical ailments, struggles you're going with mentally. We're not talking about how's your energy. Like that's not a common conversation, but after reading this book, it might be. Uh, So I know it's been something on my mind a lot, and I thought maybe this might be helpful for you. I mean, I've been working a lot on my mental health lately because as you hit middle age right? We we kind of have this moment of Am I living my life, right? I'm unsatisfied in this area. I'm unsatisfied with this. I don't like the way my body feels right now, all those things. And then we start to dive into, okay, can I live my second half better than my first? I think there's always a time to reflect and a time to be aware of kind of how we're living our lives. And if it's not giving you a sense of, Joy and happiness and uh, just peace, then why not examine it? Why not take a look and see what you can do differently? So I think this is just another aspect to do that. And the things I've been worrying about if if I'm you know trying to work on my mental health and trying to figure out how to heal from my past hurts, sure, I know they, they affected me mentally, but how have they maybe impacted my physical health, and are they still doing that? And what kind of physical toll did that all take on me? And that's an area that really kind of led me to this book. Um, And this is why, because on page 34, uh, Carolyn says that practitioners of energy medicine believe that the human energy field contains and reflects each individual's energy. It surrounds us and carries with us the emotional energy created by our internal and external experiences, both positive and negative. This emotional force influences the physical tissues within your body. So in this way, your biography, right? That's the experiences that make up your life becomes your biology. That's what I was concerned with. And this affects all of us. Like all of us have a story. All of us have a biography and how we've lived that biography up to this point has affected our biology or it will affect our biology, right? At at some point. So these experiences she's talking about that carry this emotional energy in our energy system, these internal and external experiences, both positive and negative, right? They include past and present relationships, both personal and professional. They include profound or traumatic experiences and memories. And they also include our belief patterns and attitudes, including all of our spiritual and superstitious beliefs. And so these emotions from these experiences become encoded in our biological systems, and they contribute then to the formation of cell tissues, which then generates a quality of energy that reflects those emotions. So I hope that makes you sit up and take notice because our emotions dictate how our body responds physically. This I think is fascinating. So I'll get into some examples here in a little bit, but where this comes from and how we know this is because there was a neurobiologist Her name is Dr. Candice Pert, and she's proven there are things called neuropeptides. It's these neuropeptides. These are these chemicals that are triggered by our emotions. So that means our emotions reside physically in our bodies and interact with our cells and tissues. So let's think about that. All the things we've dealt with in our life up until this point, right? Maybe we've had childhood traumas, maybe, you know, maybe physical, emotional, verbal abuse, whatever it may be. Maybe you were in a car accident as a kid, broke your leg. Maybe you tore an ACL in high school and you missed out on the state soccer t- game at the end of the season, or you were in a physically abusive household. Maybe you had a really bad breakup, or you worked in a toxic work environment. Maybe you've been racially profiled over and over again. You know, Maybe you were discriminated against because of your age. I mean, there's a lot of things in our life that can be traumatic in our bodies that can invoke an emotional response, right? That's what PTSD is all about. Something triggers us to relive that trauma over and over again. And that's just stuff from the past, right? So What are some things you're currently dealing with? So maybe currently you're on the outs with some family members. Maybe you've recently witnessed a horrific traffic accident. Maybe you're struggling financially. I mean, there's a lot of things that are currently happening right now in your life that are signaling or triggering this negative energy, these tough feelings in our body. And so like the doctor says, these chemicals are triggered by emotions and they're then converted into matter. So what's happening to the inside of our bodies right now with what's going on. So in Carolyn's medical intuition practice, she says that energy medicine has like three underlying principles. One is that biography becomes biology, which we said earlier, our personal power is a necessary for health. And then three, you alone can help yourself heal. And I think those three principles are super helpful in understanding why this work is important. And it's where I'm focusing my attention right now. It might be helpful for some of you too, like whether or not you want to just, you know, whether you just want to prevent illness down the road. If you want to heal yourself from some current issues, or you want to heal from your past issues, I'm with you for all of it. And I think addressing our energy or maybe the lack of maybe the path we've been neglecting. And I think this is really important to understand in order for our bodies to create disease, negative emotions have to be dominant. And what accelerates the process is knowing the negative thoughts are toxic, but allowing them or giving them permission To thrive in our consciousness anyway. So think about that. We become conscious of something that's not right in our lives, but we turn away because we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to acknowledge it. We're scared of it. We are afraid of maybe change that might happen if we address it, some big life changes. It's like the metaphor of sticking your head in the sand. It doesn't go away. If anything, it gets worse. And we know this is prevalent in our health as well. If we feel a lump in our breast, Should we go get a mammogram and and see what's going on? Or do you want to just pretend it's not there and ignore it? Like, it's not going to get better necessarily. It may be nothing, but it's like, now that you have awareness of this lump and you've turned away, it's like, how do you not worry about it and think about it? So here's an example of principle one. Let's say we need to forgive somebody, but instead of wanting to, but instead of forgiving them, you want to be angry more because right, they deserve your anger. And by forgiving them somehow, it lets them off the hook. But what it's really doing instead is just draining your own body of power, your energy. So this dwelling on past events and past hurts are exactly what I have been dealing with. Um, When I say a couple podcasts ago, it was called our daily stress. There's a lot of things I sit and rethink about like past events, arguments, things that were said, things that weren't said. Uh, And I let that go through my mind a lot. But this letting go, this act of forgiveness, it's not just about letting people off the hook. It's kind of like letting you off the hook. It's allowing us to come back to the present. We're becoming more mindful again, whatever you want to call it. it, helps us restore our power. By forgiving that person, letting go of the hate, letting go of the anger, it's giving us our peace back. And this is what that biography, creating our biology means. If we continually relive them, and we're continually Dwell on them and hold anger and resentment and bitterness and all those things, it's affecting our biology currently. Here's an example of the second principle. Um, she says, Our lives are structured around like power symbols like money, authority, titles, the way we look, our safety, security, those kinds of things. And having power is at the root of the human experience. We all have attitudes and belief patterns, both positive and negative, which are extensions about how we use or do not use power. So maybe we lose a job we lose a relationship. We have a financial loss. These are all situations that can create like a negative belief about our power and our sense of control over our lives. And this is where a disease can start. Um, and we're going to get into this in a minute, but you'll see that there's like physical symptoms that show up when you feel powerless or not in control of aspects of your life. So the principle number two, again, remember is personal power is necessary for health, but when these things happen in our lives and we feel powerless. And then example of the third principle, the third principle, again, is you alone can help yourself heal. So if our belief and our thoughts play a part in the creation of our illness, then we can take action in our own healing too. She shares uh, this quote, healing is an active and internal process that includes investigating one's attitudes, memories, and beliefs with the desire to release all negative patterns that prevent one's full emotional and spiritual recovery. It's like, yeah, if, we, if our minds and what we think and how we believe things about ourselves, about our lives are part of the problem, then we change the way we think and feel and act to heal it, right? It's like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Have all these negative thoughts and feelings about our lives and it's created this kind of perfect scenario for illness and disease and pain and whatnot. And we can do the opposite too. We can change the way we think and feel and, and experience life. And interpret life to make us feel the opposite. And I know that may seem like rose colored glasses or whatever, but this is actually stuff that's scientifically proven. Like we can do this rather than kind of go, Oh yeah, that's easy you know, for you to say a lot harder to do. And it is, it's hard to do because we've been conditioned right for a very long time to hold anger towards people to, to even, you know, get revenge on people when they've wronged us and harmed us. Uh, that's society. We see it every day. You know, God, get on his it. fucking social media, leave a comment about something that's maybe co- possibly controversial, and you're going to get every individual that has an opinion about something get on there and just spew hate for you. Hasn't happened to me necessarily. I've kind of stayed out of that ar- arena a little bit, but man, it's just people have such hate and anger. That's society, and we're just conditioned. do that because we're paying attention to that, which is the downside of social media. I love meeting new people. I love learning about wonderful things that are happening out in the world. I love a a good meme, right? A happy meme, a funny meme, dog videos, all that stuff. But at a cost that you have to kind of weed through the other stuff too, and that's not healthy. So pulling back from social media, maybe actually a really good thing when all you're seeing and being constantly fed is negativity and anger and hate and, uh, they're right You're wrong or, you know, whatever that whole idea. Uh, that's how we normally kind of go through life is it? Like I said, we've been conditioned that way. So what if we flip the script a little bit, right? And we have, um, knowledge that we can do differently. We don't have to react that way, but it's like a fish swimming upstream. It's really hard to do. And I mentioned this book, this book, I mentioned this book back before, but in an early episode, but it's the untethered soul uh, about letting go of things that happen to you that, you know, are harmful and it's so hard. It's so hard, but it's the right way to live. If we want really want to be healthy inside and out. So she mentions something called acquisitioners. People can be acquisitioners. And here's an example she gives. So there's a let's say a mother with depression and chronic neck and back pain. She's an example of someone with only passive power. This kind of dependent person feels she must acquire power from her external environment or from or through someone else. Right? Alone, I am nothing kind of thought process. This is when a person like over identifies with an object or possession or becomes like, quote unquote, hooked on somebody in a negative way. This is how they lose their own personal power and try and gain it through outside things. And a perfect example of this, like an extreme example of this is an addict. The things they attach themselves to, which, you know, they surrender their power to with the drugs, the alcohol, whatever that is, porn, um, overspending, I don't know, whatever, gambling. It's like their ability to reason is completely gone or they no longer have use of it because the thing or or the person they're attaching themselves to now controls them. And it's these people that have, that are acquisitioners uh, have a hard time using or even finding their own intuition. Like they don't even have a sense of what they want, what's right for them. It's when we become aware of what we're doing, whether we've attached ourselves to somebody else or things that give us power or become aware of how our negative thought patterns are draining our energy something that I'm talking about that I've been trying to do lately, it's only then that we then can move towards healing. It's like when our eyes are open to something that's happening in the world, we can no longer pretend ignorance, right? So our awareness becomes too great. And now we can become aware of our ability to choose differently. We can become active in our power to take our power back, to engage with life differently. And so this is where it starts. Like, so for example, My own awareness about my health came, um, years ago when I realized I was eating and drinking a lot of things that were detrimental to my health. I started to learn more about, um, the root cause of a lot of my issues. And I kind of started down this rabbit hole of information and I learned about like food dyes and artificial ingredients and the damage that sugar, all these things do to our bodies. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's like knowing something that you can't not know anymore. Right. So I could no longer sit by and allow those things to happen in my life and take these things into my body because I know the damage they were doing because I was living it. I was realizing, oh my gosh, I had you know, um, adult acne. I had gut issues like crazy. I had mood swings. I had chronic sinus infections. A lot of other infections that were popping up every other month. And once I realized my own behaviors that were causing this, I was like, "Uh, no brainer. I'm done with them. Like cold turkey, stopped eating, you know, candy and stopped drinking soda and stopped um eating trash food. But for the most part, I knew that if I continued to have a continual diet, like an eighty percent, ninety percent diet of trash, I wasn't gonna continue living the way that I was. And having the feelings and being just depleted in my life. Uh, I learned about toxins and shampoos and lotions and makeup and all that stuff, what it was doing to my body, how these harmful chemicals, the lasting effects they leave on our bodies. And now that I knew that stuff, I can make different choices. And that's when I started to feel like I was gaining my power in my life. Because when I was going through all those health issues, I felt hopeless. I felt like this can't be my life. And when I started doing the research and digging and realizing how all these things were impacting my health, that's when I gained my power back. I made different choices. And so now I feel like this is like another level of that understanding that my thoughts, my emotions, my beliefs, they're either giving me power or they're taking it away. Right? So how do we restore our power? What's next? How do we have this like energy flow? This, you know, this positive energy that's helping us live and heal, rather than hurting us. And I think it's important to understand our energy, like where it comes from. So, a way to understand energy and a way to kind of give some structure to it is looking at the chakra system. And this is like something that Eastern religions teach that we, as a human body, have seven different energy centers. And the lesson or the the understanding is there's a universal spiritual life lesson that we must learn as we evolve into a higher consciousness. So it's through these seven chakras that basically it's like a growth through or like a mature maturation process through these seven distinct stages. And these are vertically aligned. They start from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. So it's like moving from like the basic part of ourselves to the divine, right? So each one of these chakras give us some life lessons or something to get through, to understand, to become more conscious of, and then move to the next stage. So it's like a process. And so I want to talk really briefly. I'm going to just cover the first three chakras and I'll link in the show notes uh, more information regarding this that so you can kind of dive into because I think this is super important but I know that from reading this that the most illnesses result from the loss of energy from these first three chakras the root chakra the sacral chakra and the solar plexus so i'm going to share this here i'm going to link to the chart so you can see it but the root chakra is located at the base of spine just the bottom of the butt bone and then the sacral chakra is located just below the belly button and then the solar plexus is in the upper abdomen the stomach area. And I want to read to you the organs that are involved in these different chakras, the mental and emotional issues associated with each of these, and then the physical dysfunctions. And then you're going to go, Oh my gosh, this may turn on the light bulbs for you as well. So the first chakra, the organs and areas of the body that this is attached to, it's the physical body support. It's the base of the spine, it's legs and bones, it's our feet, it's our rectum, and it's our immune system. And then the mental and emotional issues that show up here or that they deal with are our physical family and our group safety and security, our tribe, in other words, our ability to provide for life's necessities, our ability to stand up for oneself, our feeling at home, our social and you know family kind of law and order. and then the physical dysfunctions of this area, and I'll pay attention to these: chronic lower back pain, sciatica. Varicose veins, rectal tumors and cancer, depression, and immune related disorders. Uh, Super interesting. Okay. Second chakra, again, located just below the belly button, above the pubic bone. It's called the sacral chakra. This encompasses our sexual organs, our large intestine, our lower vertebrae, our pelvis, our appendix, our bladder, and our hip area. The things that are dealt with in this area. The mental and emotional issues are blame and guilt, money and sex, power and control, our creativity, our ethics and honor in relationships. And the physical dysfunctions of this area are chronic lower back pain, again, sciatica, um, OBGYN problems, pelvic and low back pain, sexual potency, and urinary problems. And then the third chakra. The one again, that's the solar plexus. It's an upper abdomen, like the stomach area. This handles these organs, abdomen, stomach, upper intestines, liver, gallbladder, kidney, pancreas, adrenal glands, spleen, and our middle spine. These are the mental and emotional issues that this area controls and handles. Trust, fear and intimidation, self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-respect. The care of oneself and others responsibility for making decisions, sensitivity to criticism, personal honor. So physical dysfunctions that show up when there's low energy here are arthritis, gastric or duodenal ulcers, colon or intestinal problems, pancreatitis or diabetes, indigestion, chronic or acute, anorexia or bulimia, liver dysfunction, hepatitis or adrenal dysfunction. And it's funny because I'm going to give you some examples, my own examples, so that you can see how this shows up in a normal person like myself. January of 2021. I had just come back from a vacation and we were there with another family. And this was not a relaxing vacation because one of the people we were with, um, would get angry at a drop of a hat, or would um, lash out. You just never knew what was going to set this person off. So we would walk on eggshells a lot of the time, and that's how I grew up. And and how we tended to handle that was just look the other way, find a distraction, do something else, leave whatever you could do to be out of the situation. But sometimes you're on vacation, you really can't leave, right? You're there. And I don't think in the moment I realized it because it's something I had grown up with and just was like, okay, this is just how my life's been. Oh, yep. Here it is again. Right. And when I got back though from vacation, my back was just in so much pain and it wasn't like I'd done anything physical. So I couldn't blame it on like I had, you know, gone for a 10 mile run and my, my spine was, you know, being pounded together. Right. That wasn't it. wasn't lifting 50 pound bags. I wasn't doing anything that would cause me to have this lower back pain. Did I go to the chiropractor and do some x-rays? Sure. I had mild scoliosis. There's some stuff, but there wasn't anything that incited an injury. So sure. There may be some things over time, this eventual bend of my spine that was causing pain, but it was like a dramatic change overnight, like having this lower back pain. I look back on that time, that vacation, and like it says, it says this emotional and mental emotional issues, it's the ability to stand up for yourself. So I beat myself up over and over again after this vacation. I didn't say something. Why didn't I say something? I should have said this. And you know, you replay the conversation or you replay that incident and wish you would have said something else or done this or, you know, whatever. And I think that replaying it over and over again and talking about it and trying to understand it was what was generating that pain or it could be a part of the problem. My second example would be from the second chakra. I was having also at this time, some creative blocks. Like I didn't know what to do with my writing. Uh, my blog was feeling stagnant. I wasn't feeling motivated. I wasn't feeling like I could write anything that really had any substance or made sense or was worth the shit. I didn't know what to do with kind of the odd life. I didn't know what to do with this idea and brand that I wanted to create. How do I show up in the world with this? How do I help make an impact? How do I help inspire others to live an odd life in what way? How should I do this? And, uh, I was struggling a little bit with some like financial stuff. Like I wanted to create an income for myself, but how I'd been a stay home mom for many years. I used to write for money. I used to be a freelance writer for my local market years ago but that did not pay well. And it was a lot of work for very little pay. So I stopped doing that. And what I should have probably done is keep going, like submit to a higher, you know, a higher pay magazine to more of maybe a lengthier writing process, but the payoff maybe would be better. Um, The fear of rejection held me back from that. So I didn't do that. So I felt stunted in my creativity a lot back then. And again, chronic lower back pain uh sure um I was going through menopause in twenty twenty, which was super fun um lost my period in april twenty twenty right after the the lockdown happened, and so I went through a lot of things kind of on my own, a lot of feelings, a lot of things happening uh so it was hard to know what was from that versus other things, but I can't help but think some of that stuff was part of it, and then the third chakra. Uh, The one that deals with trust and fear and intimidation and self esteem and self confidence and self respect and care of oneself. I was having a bunch of like random, like my um, intestinal issues. I would be bloated one day, fine the next. Um, Not to be super graphic, but my bowel movements were all over the place for no fucking reason, right? Just totally different every day. (laughs) And I'm like, what is going on? I had some liver issues going on. When I was having my body scans done by a naturopath before, I was having liver issues. And like liver was showing as it was strained. Maybe because I was doing like like bulletproof coffee, more fats than carbs. I don't know. Um, but somehow my liver was showing dysfunction. And again, this is after me not even drinking for a year or two. So that seemed weird that I would cut back on drinking and those things were still showing up as my liver was struggling. So here I was at that time, maybe dealing with some self-esteem issues. Like I was being rejected. I was being ignored. I was being um, withheld from social situations when I wasn't drinking. So some of my self-confidence went down the tubes. Um, Even though there was times I felt really empowered by not drinking, it also hurt a lot when people didn't reach out. It also hurt a lot when um, you know friendships went by the wayside. So I have to think some of those things were a factor and that's just my examples. Um, You may be able to plug yourself in with your own stuff, but I really feel like these first three three chakras are really worth paying attention to and working on. uh, Because again, she says that the most illnesses result from the loss of energy in these three areas. And so the question is, how do we do this? How do we regain this energy? How do we let this energy flow? How do we make... How do we help these chakras to work the way they're supposed to and help us, you know, learn these life lessons and, and work with our bodies? Well, the NMH chapter, which is helpful, she does have questions like these self-examination questions and you go through and answer them obviously. So it's kind of like an awareness tool more than anything and start to examine maybe where you're struggling, maybe where you need to start kind of focusing your attention on that can be kind of where you start, right? At the end of the book, she talks about a daily meditation you can do. Um, you know, you can go on any website that like does meditation, Spotify has them, go on Insight Timer, you can go into calm, things like that, and look up chakra, healing, or cleansing, or energy flow, those kinds of things. And a lot of times what they'll do is have you focused on that part of the body, you picture the color that's associated with that chakra. You maybe envision some positive thoughts, some releasing of fears in that area, whatnot, and then you'll move on to the next chakra. And then until you have this, almost like this visualization of a flow, you know, from the root chakra to the crown, and you feel like you start to feel the flow of energy. You may even go to a Reiki session with a Reiki master and you get their support and helping you clear your chakras and help the energy flow again. I have been to a couple of these sessions, these energy healing sessions, and my tears will flow. It's kind of crazy how it happens, but you do, you start to cry and release things. And the important thing I think there is to go frequently until you feel that that chakra, that energy source is in flow on its own. You no longer require that kind of outside help. I don't know. I just, I really think there's a lot that's here. I think there's a lot that we can work on in this area. But I really got curious about, you know, what else is this impacting? If I'm thinking this way, if I'm feeling this way, if I'm struggling with these things, is that impacting my physical health? And this book answered it. Yes, absolutely, yes. And I think it's fascinating. I think being a medical intuitive is insane. I mean, I can't imagine the pressure. And what that feels like for somebody to have that, but also what a gift to let people know what they're going to be struggling with if they don't figure this out. And you may think this is woo-woo and totally off the wall, but if you look at where you've been, you know, if you look at what you've already examined, you eat, like I said, you eat healthy, you drink all the water, you exercise, you get a good sleep, if you've done all those things and you're still struggling with some physical stuff, then why not look into your energy? Where are the areas that it's blocked? What can you examine to figure out what you're struggling with? Why not? And again, it's so scientifically backed that we have chemicals that are released into our body because of our emotions, and that becomes matter in our body. We are physically making an impact on our body by our emotions. We know that when we're stressed, maybe our gut tightens up, we lose our appetite, um, maybe we overeat. Maybe it's the opposite for you. This is kind of the same thing. There's something that's triggering things in your body and you're maybe not understanding where it's coming from. Maybe this is an area to look into. And I highly recommend looking at this book. Uh, Again, it's called anatomy of the spirit by Carolyn Mace. It's the, the subtitle is the seven stages of power and healing. Um, I've always had a fear. I don't want to, I don't want to die young. I want to live as long as possible, see my kids, Have families of their own, spend time doing all the things I love and doing as much as I possibly can in this world and taking advantage of it. And I no longer want to be in fear of what's coming. And so here I am trying to show up and learn more about how this all works and how I can create more good in my life through my body, through my spirit, through my energy, and not succumb physically to the negativity and the toxic thoughts and the negative events in my life. I'm trying to move past all that. So I hope this inspires you to take this to the next level, to look at your health in a new way. And I will link to anything that I can find with Carolyn Mace uh, regarding this topic. If you want to watch a video, again, a link to the book and just look into it. You never know. You never know. So I appreciate you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at hallysawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. and We'll see you soon.